0: You're listening to the Cathedral Podcast. To learn more about cathedral-like service times or how to get connected
1: with a small group, visit WeAreCathedral.com. Today's message comes from
0: Pastor Mike Lewis.
1: except that granddad had all day long. Yes, indeed. You know, I I really thought, then this is honest, I really thought that grandparents were putting on some. I did, I thought, here's what I honestly thought. I thought, they're older, you know, they don't have much going on anymore, and they just have to pretend that these grandkids are that wonderful to get them excited about something. (laughs) Until I had them. I was wrong. All right. One of the hottest topics today is abortion. Since the Roe versus Wade has been overturned, that's probably one of the hottest topics around. And I won't talk to you about it this morning. Uh, But let me back up and tell you why. Uh, The first response of some will say, well, Mike, abortion is a political issue. Well, that would be fine, because we can deal with that issue from the pulpit, too. Yeah, so that wouldn't bother me if that was the case. But it's not the case. Abortion, like racism, is a biblical issue. It's a moral issue. That's right. you know? And it needs to be addressed from the moral book. You need to have a reason for your hope. You need to understand. So first of all, that's what I want to say. Secondly, is that you as a church, you need to think through the issues of our day And you need to be able to have the response to the issues of today from this book. See, because the bottom line is, everybody's got an opinion. And you will hear stuff from a college level to a professional level to a grammar school level. And uh, some of it's just the craziest stuff you've ever heard in your life. Where, Where do you go for truth? This book. This book is truth. This book is God breathed. The Bible was given to us so we could answer the questions of life. So you need to to be able to do that. Thirdly, we need to have a biblical worldview when it comes to abortion, when it comes to sexual stuff, when it comes to trans, when it comes to same sex. You need to have an answer from this book. (laughs) I I was trying to pay a bill the other day. It was Dean's medical bill. And so I was on the phone, and I was trying to go through all this. What's your social security number? What's this? I'd get, I was getting all my stuff, giving this lady all my stuff. And finally she realized, I'm not the patient. And said, you're not Dean. I said, no, but I'm her husband, and I want to pay this bill. She said, well, I can't, I can't do that. i got to talk to her. And I thought, oh, my, look at you. And then I said this. I said, well, something just changed. And now I'm identifying as Dean. <laughs> Didn't did, did work. I said, come on. No, she wouldn't. <laughs> thirdly. Thirdly is. <clears throat> the Bible is correct when it's, and it talks about darkness. As we move toward the end time, it's going to get darker and darker and darker. We're going to get lighter and lighter and lighter. Right? There's going to be more anointing, more presence. The church, you know, we're going to do fine. God is going to grace us. But the world's going to get darker and darker. And you, my friends, need to provide the light and the answers to life's questions to your friends, to people you work with. you you, got to be light and salt. And so, number four, is that hopefully we'll be able to have an answer so we can minister to people and can bring healing and restoration. And that needs to be a part of just who we are and what we do. And so, let me give you an overarching verse. that When you deal with issues like this, you need to come from a place I think that's biblical to start with. And so let's just read read this verse about Proverbs chapter 3, verse 3. Do not let kindness and truth leave you, interesting. Those two things need to stick together. You don't need to let kindness leave you. Be kind. Let's speak the truth. Don't argue. Don't fuss and fight. You're not going to get anywhere. You know? You're not going to get heated up and change anybody. It's just not going to work. But kindness and truth, you need to put them around your neck and you need to write them on the tablets of your heart. Overarching no matter what, particularly when you deal with difficult subjects. All right, I want to look at the abortion issue from three different I got three different points I want to cover. First, I want to talk about the source of life, the source of life itself. Then I want to talk about the value of life. And thirdly, I want to talk about the purpose of life. Okay, so let's look at number one the source of life. Where does life come from? We'll find an answer in this book, in the book of Acts beginning in verse 24 of chapter 17. The God who made the world and everything in it, being the Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man and are served by human hands as though he needed anything. Since he himself gives to all mankind what? Life and breath and everything. So he goes back to, by the way, let me just say, I'm going to cover a lot of scripture today. So get your, get your pen and pencil, get your phone out, take a picture of the screen, do whatever you do. But you, you probably need to take some of these scriptures with you. Source of everything. And he made, he, now, this is an interesting verse. He made from one man, how many nations? Right, everybody look at me. He made from one What? So how many races do we really have? One. One. A lot of different colors, but one. Every nation, and he made from one man, every nation of mankind to live on the face of the earth, having determined, now who's having determined? God's determined from the men he made, their allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place. In other words, there's a boundary God's put. If you're a business person, how big will your business be? In God, it will be there's a certain size. Did you know that? A certain size. And what you need to do is be figuring out how I can become just what God wants me to be and reach the full boundaries that I have. If you're praying for children, you're going to ask the question. The Bible talks about your quiver being full. Lord, is my boundaries full? Somebody said, yeah, mine is. But some will say, no, it's not. It's not full yet. So the Lord establishes those boundaries. And life comes from him. All right, secondly, let's look at the value of life. And you find this beginning in Genesis chapter 1. Because this is the key thing for value of life. In Genesis it says, God said, let us make man, say it with me, in our own image and after our Likeness, So he created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. It's this co-concept of, of man having the image bearer, being an image bearer of God that adds the value to his life and makes him different than any other creature God created. I want you to get the picture with me. God took seven days, or six days, he rests on the seventh. But then once he finished creation, he came to add the capstone of creation by making a human being in his image. That would be the center of all creation. And then he would say to man and to woman, I want you to rule and reign over this planet, have dominion over it, because basically you are the centerpiece for it. Because you and only you have my image. See, that's what makes us different than animals. Animals don't have this dignity that man has. This thing that we have been given that is the image bearer of God. We alone as human beings carry that dignity of a part of you being like God. That's why it's one race. Every person has been created in the image of God and has that dignity, that thing it says something about you is like God. And because something about you is like God, that adds value to your life. You're an image bearer of God. I can tell you the animals, they don't have shame or guilt. We had a, we had a little dachshund that we named, short for short, we named Tata. Long potato. Because <laughs> it looked like one. And the longer we had her, the more she looked like one. <laughs> but Tata would get in the trash. And if we ever put any food in the trash, of course, that's what she was going after. And we'd get home, and she would eat every bit of it. And she really looked like a Tata. <laughs> but she would stand there, and I'd go in. I'd say, Tata, have you, you got in the trash again? And Tata would go. That dog would not look at me. I said, Tater, did you get in the trash again? Trash everywhere. That dog would look at me and talk to the hand. No guilt. Now, they had their pack thing for animals going on, you know, but they they don't care about what's going to happen. They don't think about death. They don't think about the meaning of life. They don't think about purpose. Why? Because they do not have that part of them. Omega Dei, the Latin part. It's it's that special thing that God has given human beings of His likeness. So if we're like God, and that way we are. Now... This is, this is a doctrine and it's important because everything that's happened good to mankind by virtue of mankind comes because of this principle. It's, it's the reason why. I mean, man was, man was born... I'm going to read a scripture for just a moment. Man was born in sin, yes? And so there's a lot of things he comes up with that are not good, that does not serve man well. I mean, the whole... The whole sex trade industry, stealing young girls. You know, man came up with that stupid thing. Well, it's demonic, but man cooperated with it. And instead of adding dignity to man, it does what? It takes dignity away. And there are things like that that man can come up with. It just doesn't serve man well. But every time you have this value to start building in a culture where you start seeing this God image in people, Then you start changing how you treat people. And that's when you close off the uh, trade, slave trade things. That's when you get rid of the sexual things going on with young girls. Why? Why do you do that? Why is movements that? Because they see that value. And they're responding to make dignity happen instead of take it away. It's a part of marriage. You see a couple that has that with each other and they honor each other and they have that respect and and that God thing that you're, God made you, then they'll flourish. You take that away, and you'll watch something to start heading downhill. Galatians chapter four. I tell you all, are going to do a lot of scripture, and you all need to be having the center of this Bible today. Right? You got it. All right, go with me to four Galatians four. The Apostle Paul is writing this, and watch what he says. But when the fullness of time has come forth. God sent forth His Son, born of woman, under the law, to redeem those who under the law, so that we might receive the adoption of sons. When did this happen? happened in the fullness of time. Question for you. We'll read in a moment, and I'll show you, where the Holy Spirit came in. The Bible called it hovering. Hover and... Mary is impregnated. Now Mary is impregnated by the Holy Spirit, sperm, egg, Jesus. The reason he had to do it from the Holy Spirit is because he had to have a nature that was sinless. So there's no man who could provide the seed. Because then he would carry that seed on down. So God had to provide it himself so that Jesus would be. Let me ask you a question though. When that happened, and that seed came, hit that egg, was Jesus present in the womb at that time? Or was it a month later? Or or maybe maybe it was three months. When was Jesus there? Yeah. I think that's true of every individual. Every individual, Uh, the fullness of time. All right, let's look at this scripture. Examine this next phrase: "For God sent forth His Son, so He was God's Son before He came to the earth." Notice this phrase: that He was God's Son. He knew Him before. Oh my, that's because He was Jesus. But I'm going to show you some scripture in a minute where it says that he knew us before, just like Jesus. So let me make sure we're straight. According to this book, when Jesus was just a single cell in Mary's womb, God was involved with that process and at work in that time in Mary's womb. From the very beginning of that child, God was at work. Yes? No? Y'all with me? Yes. yes. <clears throat> All right, Let's look, look with me at Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. And now the birth of Jesus was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, and before they came together, before they had sexual relations, she found, was found to be with child by what? By whom? By the Holy Spirit. Here he goes. Now, let me show you an illustration. This, this is how you get to planet Earth. Did, did you notice that little phrase in there, that Jesus came, but it was by woman? Now, I'll talk to you in a moment about it, but that's, that has everything to do with this, okay? <clears throat> in the fullness of what? In the fullness of time. It goes on and goes on, but then there comes a time, well, cup's not yet full. But the date, by the way, the date is a great day in the history of the world. December 6, 1952. <laughs> <laughs> That's when I arrived. <laughs> but watch, watch this. Nine months before I arrived, I was conceived. Amen. That's right. In the fullness of time, when God says it's time, and I cut good full, womp, there it is, and you appear. <laughs> Why? The fullness of time, there you go. And do you know, just like him, just like Jesus, all those things that we just said about him, we're going to go into the the next point, and that is that he came with a purpose, and so did you. The purpose of life. So take a look at it. Jeremiah 1.5. Before I formed you in the womb, say it with me. And before you were born, I... Set you aside. Before you were born, before you were in the womb, I appointed you as what? To the nations. See, God's not calling time and space. And I think the most wonderful, thrilling thing is that our creator knew us and saw us before he ever created us. Because he's not in time, space, for he watched you live. He said, oh, I hate that. (laughs) Oh, that's a good decision. Not only did he watch you, but he had affection for you. He knew you. And to know you is what? Uh, To love you. Yeah, sure it is. He knew you. This this is interesting. The Hebrew word, before, before I formed you, the Hebrew word form is the same word that's used in Genesis 2. Remember Genesis 2 when it says this, and then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground. And then he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living creature. He formed him the same way he formed Jeremiah. I said the same way he formed Jeremiah in the womb. All right. This is, this is typical of process that's used of a potter forming something. Now, did, did, did the Bible, did it just say that God was at work in the womb? Hmm. Hmm. God set his sights on Jeremiah. He saw what he would do, saw what it would be, appointed him, set him, set him aside. God was intimately involved with him the whole process, pre, in the womb, and then with his purpose and destiny. <clears throat> set aside it simply means, sanctified is actually the word, but it's means that God's appointed and set aside to be used for a purpose. And that is true of every single one of us. Every single one of us, God forms us. And he sets us aside. Look, look with me at Galatians chapter 1. Blessed be the God of our Father, Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in every spiritual blessing in heavenly places, just as he, say the word with me, as he chose us. Are we right here? Are we together? Are you chosen, yes or no? In him, before the foundation of the world. When were you chose? Before the and God knew you as well before the foundations of the world was created. Look, me make Galatians chapter one. This is the apostle Paul. And when he who had set me apart, there you go again, Jeremiah said, Ap- apostle Paul is what? Set apart. The boundaries are established for our lives. Set aside to accomplish something. It comes with life. It comes with God sending us here like his son. All These things are all true of us. Before I, it says, and he who set me apart before I was born and who called me by his grace was pleased to reveal his son to me in order that I might preach him among the Gentiles. Paul, Paul, Paul is saying, God, all this is, this is your plan. It's your plan. Look at Galatians 4, chapter 4. And when the fullness of time had come again, God sent who? The fullness of time, the apostle Paul came. The fullness of time, you came. <clears throat> so let me go back and address the issue of Abortion. The issue of abortion backs all the way. It doesn't it start in the womb. That is one place, and there is an issue there of life and, and taking life. But that even is even bigger than that because it backs all the way up now to God's whole purpose. It backs up now to God's plan. It backs up now to who God has appointed for what. Now it backs up to who God has chosen. And this whole pre pre. Known section before you were ever known in a womb. You were known. And you had value and you had purpose, and God was going to send you to the planet, just like he sent Jesus to the planet. And he was going to have your boundaries established. What you were to accomplish, what he's appointed you to do, what he has set you aside to do. It interfered with more than just that. It ended with the past, it ends with the present, and it goes all the way into the future. At that December 6th, 1952, you're right, I'll be 70 in December. You're working in math, aren't you? I saw you. <laughs> Little old guy was born in Conway. Had a spooning experience. And I told you about it a couple of times, coming back from Georgetown. I coming back from Conway visiting my uncle who was in a nursing home. So I made that journey all the way back through Georgetown and coming back. Well, Dean is from Georgetown. <clears throat> Did I tell you, long before December 6, 1952, she was born. <laughs> well, a year before. I always have two questions with that. One is, was I so mature at my age until I needed an older woman just to be compatible? Or was I so immature until I needed somebody to raise me? I'm not even going to vote. I can tell. I'm not even going to let y'all vote on that one. But there's a little girl in Conway. Can you tell me how in the world are you going to get a little boy from Conway playing under some stupid little porch in the dirt get him to Georgetown to marry the love of his life to get us off where we're going to go to school to bring us back to work in three churches only for them for God to say listen to these words now you're ready to do what I've called you to do what was that Start Cathedral. I I was in Columbia. We were staff at Forest Tribe Baptist Church, and I heard those words as clear as if you said that to me right now. Now you're ready to do what I've called you to do. Everybody has that special, unique quality of your value of life. The source of your life is God, and being sent to this planet is God's direction and purpose for you. To accomplish on this planet what he has done. It's interesting. I wrote down. When I was writing down. Well I'll I'll tell you that in a minute. We'll get to that later. (laughs) Somebody can say. Have you heard this? It's my body my choice. Yeah you can say that. You actually can say anything. And it could be. But if you are a man or a woman in this case because it takes two to make this thing happen. <clears throat> that does not hold true if you're a man or woman of this book because your body don't belong to you. I mean, if, you, if, you're, you're, if, if that's your stance, you're going to have real trouble with this book. Actually, you're going to have trouble being married. You know why? Because the Bible says when you get married, your body is not your own. Go ahead, punch your wife and tell her. Did you hear that? This is actually happening. (laughs) It was a good moment right there for some of you. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you? That you have from, tell me where? And you are not your own. You were bought with a price. So glorify God where? Father, I'm... I know you bought me with a price. And the price was your, your son. It's the price you paid. He died on the cross for me. And I want to glorify you. So I've got to make a decision. So if I'm going to glorify you, it's wrapped up in obedience. It's wrapped up in your word, being obedient, doing what your word says. So now I submit my life under your word. You tell me what is in line with your word and what will I do? that I will bring glory to you and not selfishness by me because I'm submitted to you as a believer. So, yeah. Uh, Let me tell you a quick story about Isaac and Rebecca. They couldn't have kids in the Old Testament. Couldn't have kids and so they prayed and and, and asked the Lord for kids. Baba, did you know that Dean and I went for almost 10 years and didn't have children? We had a great time. (laughs) Did I actually say we had a great time until kids showed up? We had a great time. We decided to have kids and nothing happened. And so we had an appointment to go and see what was wrong with the fertility guys. But then all of a sudden, it hit me. With all of our doings, we hadn't prayed about it. I mean, together, sat down and agreed, you know? And so Dean and I sat down on the couch and prayed for a baby, held hands, prayed for a baby. And how long was it before you got pregnant? One month. One month. Well, I'm just saying so they couldn't have children. And so they prayed, and then she got pregnant, and she got pregnant with twins. And then she said this, this is, this is something. I can't endure this. That's like that's like a pregnant woman. Isn't it? she exclaimed. So she asked the Lord about it, and the Lord told her that the sons that were in her womb, they were going to become two rival nations, and one was stronger than the other. And would serve the other, and the the uh, the older shall be the servant to the young, which is kind of upside down in that culture. Imagine this with me. Imagine an abortion doctor walking to a young lady, and she said, "I'm just having a terrible time, doc." He said, I know, "I know. I know why you're here." But wait, wait, wait a minute. I can't do that. Why, doc? Because there's two nations in you. I can't do that. Why? There's two nations. Well, I can tell you this. One will serve the other. The older one would do it. How do you know all that? Because that was God's plan on this front end. And now you just stepped into the plan while I was in the moon, which is still the plan. It's still the same purpose from the beginning. I don't I have never heard of that happening. <clears throat> How about this one? Oh, by the way, it was Esau and Jacob. If y'all knew that that finally was born. remember when when one was born, the other one was holding his heels. They were fighting who would get out first. And they're still fighting today. Did you know that? That same two countries are still fighting today as we are here. <clears throat>
0: All right, let's read
1: Luke for it. Did I, did I tell y'all that this needs to be Bible-centered? Did I said that to y'all? And you need to know why. Have a reason and understand this. All right, here we go. Luke 1. At the sound of Mary's greeting Elizabeth's child, leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. How, let me give you the setting. Elizabeth is Mary's cousin. Mary is pregnant. Elizabeth is pregnant. They live in different towns. So now Mary and Joseph gets in the car to go visit Elizabeth. Oh, i awesome. <laughs> <laughs> And they arrive, they arrive. <laughs> they arrive and both of them have purpose. He had said to Elizabeth, he said, John the Baptist is going to be the forerunner. Of Jesus, he's not going to be the light, but he is going to tell of the light. Now Mary comes together, when two purposes meet. Something happens, and inside the baby leaped. When it made a a, a touch of something that was a part of a designed future for them, planned by God Almighty Himself. In the womb, and then one of the best best verses, and I, don't, I know you've read it many times, but I want to reread it and pray that God gives us really eyes to see this. Okay, one of the best verses written by David in Psalms one thirty nine, and David is saying this. Now listen, listen to David. David says, "Father, you." made all the delicate inner parts of my body. And you knit them together. Where? Was God at work again? In the womb? Is God present there in the womb at work? And the answer is yes. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. All right, husbands? Husbands? I want to help you out a little bit, okay? I want you to look at your wife and say, The Lord has blessed me with a complex woman. And I am so thankful for your complexity. <laughs> I don't see anybody moving. it is amazing to think about your workmanship is marvelous and how well I know it. You were there while I was born and you scheduled each day of my life. You formed me and you were with me And then when I was born, you you foreknew me and you molded me and was with me at this stage and then you wrote down each day of life before I began to breathe. Every day was recorded in your book. It's it's, it's, it's just amazing at the the David's concept and understanding of him being formed and who did it. Zero question. And that God was with him. The creator of the universe was present in the womb form in him. Let him. Let me give you good news and bad news real quick. Here's the good news. The good news is that right now there's 2,752 pregnancy centers nationwide. And they provide vital services including medical services, parenting programs, and sexual risk avoidance. There's more than 8 in 10 locations that offer free ultrasounds. There's 67,400 volunteers that serve in these pregnancy centers each year, including and that's made 7,500 medical professionals who freely give their time and skills. Because, friend, it is an issue. I mean, it is a crisis when something happens and you wake up and now you're facing this. Many of you, you know about that. And so you need somewhere to go. You need some help. How are you going to cope? I mean, you, you do need help and some place to process this stuff. <clears throat> The non-abortive pregnancy services, pregnancy centers, they outnumber planned parenthood facilities by a ratio of 163 to 6. All right, bad news. Bad news is that more than half of the abortion, people seeking abortion, identify as Christians. And so... Let me, let me just say the stats, I read two stats. One is that there's three uh, out of 10 women, there are maybe four. And so when you look at a congregation our size, I know this stirs some things up. I know it stirs some things up for some guys too because they are, I think, one of the overlooked parts of this whole thing. But what people do not understand, and the reason I laid it out as I have done in these three parts, is because it's a big picture of truth. And this is God's plan, God's life that he's given. And for abortion to happen, somebody to experience it, because you're an image bearer, it does something to you. Because you're an image bearer of God, and if something has been violated of his order and of his plan, who you are It affects who you are. And some people know that immediately and some people it takes a while for that to start occurring and some people live for a long time. My point is this, is that the same blood that Eddie was talking about that cleansed and bought him can cleanse and take care of that issue as well. You do not have to live with it. And please don't. Please don't. This is not about bringing that back up or doing anything of the guilt and shame factor. It's just not. But this is about healing and restoration. So know the difference. Now I'm going to ask Joy to come now. If she would, This is Joy Yarborough. And I want to ask you if you give give her a hand as she comes. <laughs> Joy, thank you so much for being with us today.
0: Thank you so much for having me here. This is a privilege to be here and an honor.
1: Okay. Tell me, what what do you do?
0: Well, I'm the CEO of Lowcountry Pregnancy Center and DAS Medical Services. We have three life-affirming pregnancy care centers in the Lowcountry. One is just down here on Northside Drive off of Ashley Phosphate Road. Uh, Last year, we had 7,400 visits with all of our services. All of our services are free. We offer free pregnancy testing, free ultrasounds, STI testing. We have parenting classes, and we have classes for men because we know that men are so important in this equation. Um, And we have classes for couples. And most importantly, too, we have a Bible study called Forgiven and Set Free for women who are struggling with that past abortion decision. It's our desire, our deep desire, for women who are considering abortion to come into our centers, really uh, understand that God loves them, he loves them, he loves their baby in the womb, and he's got a plan for them that, does not include ending the life of their child. And so we love our clients. They know we love them. Uh, Last year alone, we had 494 women who were at risk for abortion, who chose life. So uh, it's a blessing to be a part of this ministry.
1: Joy, the other stat that uh, I want to wait until you got up here, which I find interesting, sad but interesting, and that is, they say, 73% of Americans don't know you guys exist.
0: Yeah, that's that's really disturbing. And I and I didn't even know that particular statistic. Um, you know, it's just so important for us. What your pastor is doing today is uh, is so critical it's so important that we all understand that we need to give an account for why we believe what we believe. And so sharing that there are pregnancy care centers out there, sharing the truth to someone in need is so important. But also, please, please give your pastor a hand for being brave enough to share this. Please, thank you. If every pastor in America did this today, we could really change this narrative of abortion.
1: Um, so t- tell me, young girls, high school, couples?
0: We see everyone. You know, our primary age group that tends to come in is 19 to 24 years of age. but. Last week, we had sort of an unusual amount of 15-year-olds that came in, which was very disturbing. Um, We have older women as well, but we service everyone. You don't have to prove need. It's people of all socioeconomic backgrounds and racial backgrounds that we serve, so we're open to all at our centers.
1: Okay, what can we do to help?
0: Well, pray. 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 I know that that may sound cliche, but please pray for us. There are uh, entities out in this world right now that are coming against pregnancy care centers. Obviously, we're doing something right. I believe the evil one is very angry about that. Um, And so pray for us. Also, if you feel called to volunteer if you feel that you uh, would be gifted at counseling a woman, walking really alongside of her, if you're gifted at teaching, we have opportunities for teaching in our parenting programs. Um, And uh, also we have our Forgiven and Set Free Bible Study for post-abortive women. And so we have some facilitators there that um, are trained, and those are also volunteers. So if you feel led, if you feel led to give, give to the Pregnancy Care Center, and also baby items. We gave away over 4,000 times last year just baby items. So those are things that we need y'all to, to donate to us, and um, in fact, you had mentioned it in the first service. Way FM Nationwide is doing the world's largest baby shower, and we are going to be the recipients of the Lowcountry Drive for those items. So please give at those drop-off sites. Please give to Low Country Pregnancy Center just on Northside Drive. But we're always in need of diapers and baby needs up to 24 months.
1: And, Joy, you have a table in the back? Yes, right back here. Over here. Okay, so please stop by, visit with us, tell you how much you appreciate her coming and being with us. Thank you, Joyce, so much. Thank you for what you do.
0: Thank you. Thank you. God bless you
1: all. Okay, I'm going to ask you if you would to help me, those of you online and those of you here. Because oftentimes we pray a salvation prayer, you've heard them many times, and we pray as a congregation. And then there will be people, as they pray the prayer, would actually be the ones who are asking the Lord into their heart but we help facilitate that. This moment is all I wanna do is I wanna do something that I've done many, many times in my office. And that is when a young girl or a couple would be there and they've had an abortion and they just need to take care of it. And we talk. but then usually I will end up doing a couple of things. And one of them is what I'm gonna ask you to do right now. Would you cup your hands together, everybody in the room and those of you online. Here's what i do with the ladies and guys. And I asked them, I said, what I want you to do now is I want you to picture that little baby in your hands. The Lord will stimulate your imagination and just let him help give you a little picture of that baby. It's your baby. Then the next thing I want you to do is just ask the Lord real quickly to help you, but Give your name for that baby. And for some of you, this will be the beginning of healing that you'll probably need to just stay at and maybe get with somebody, but this will be the beginning. And then the next thing i ask them to do is just if they would lift that baby up as if they were giving it to Jesus, just lift your hands up. And say, Jesus, would you keep my baby until I get there? And I will be there. And I will be with my child. Thank you for doing that for me. In Jesus' name. Now close your hands as if he's taking the child out. Father, you know... You know the deep pain that some people feel and so I pray for every person in this building and those online that need a work of grace. I believe it started, but I believe it needs to continue. So would you help direct them and lead them to the right place, the right people? But I just agree with them now, every single one of them, that the territory the enemy has gotten and the guilt and shame he will not be able to keep it and their hearts and life will be your domain and they'll be free, totally free in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Let's worship together with this song for a moment. I don't want to give the Lord a hand, huh? Give the Lord a hand. That little boy that was born in Conway and then had his wife born previously, how he made it over there and did what God had to do and now is at this stage in this transition, all that was a part of the plan that was buried. There's something bigger that we have to acknowledge and it's God. And his plan. And he's got one just for you, my friends. So I bless you to fulfill your total, his total parameters for who you are and what you're to do. And I bless you. If this has stirred up anything in terms of healing or something of a hurt or pain, I just pray God's healing anointing over you. And God's grace to restore you. God bless you. Have a great week, everybody. See you next week. You've been listening to the Cathedral Podcast. If you were encouraged by today's message, leave us a rating and hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have any questions about today's message or just want to reach out, send an email to questions at cathedralemail.com. Thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you.
0: Have a blessed week.